Welcome into Tailgate. Austin Gale here with Mike Renner, live from sunny Los Angeles again all week on Super Bowl Radio Row. Today on the show, we're going to go over the Super Bowl, actually preview the Super Bowl, talk about some props that we're willing to bet. Then the back end of the show, interviews with the Ringers, Benjamin Solak, new friend of the podcast. And then I sit down with former NFL receiver, now current host of the I Am Athlete podcast, Brandon Marshall. Let's get it. early buzz is absolutely jam-packed today Mike there is a lot going on before we get into some of the Twitter stuff that has gone down Kayvon Thibodeau has been in the building we haven't actually got an opportunity to sit down with him but he's a shades inside guy your immediate reactions shades inside guy is not helping out his <laughs> sort of the Todd McShay report the implied Stop. that teams are worried Stop. about you know about he's Kayvon Thibodeau's love for the game if you got the fire for it shades inside he was the only guy wearing shades inside him. Teased the interview a little bit with Benjamin Solak. He actually sat down with Kayvon Thibodeau and said in that interview with Thibodeau, Thibodeau has a 30-year plan. Yeah. He makes it obvious in that interview, and I think maybe this is where some of the McShay stuff comes from, that like it's not just football for him. Like It's football and business. He has his own cryptocurrency. I'm an investor. Yeah. I'm an investor in Dream. J-R-E-A-M. I think there's a... There's a money sign in there somewhere. I, in three, I've been an investor for about three months. I'm down about 40%, but we are bouncing back. We are bouncing back. Kayvon Thibodeau, one day at a time. Hold the line. We are going to the moon. I want to get him on the pot. i got to start talking some crypto with this guy. Is there a Kayvon Thibodeau NFT? Yeah, I mean, if he's got a crypto, it's got to be an NFT as well. They kind of go hand in hand. All right. The other funny thing that happened on Twitter today that ended up in some deleted tweets, which is obviously <laughs> unfortunate, but Jonathan Allen... So someone randomly tweeted out if you ha could have dinner or lunch. Well, he he had to ask me anything. He oh, really? He oh, he had an out, AMA going. He gave out a little ask me Sponsored anything. by Auto Trader or how did it? Was it like <laughs> <laughs> well, sponsored by, okay, we're not going to go to what I was probably going to say. But go ahead. What was asked to him was you can have dinner with three people, dead or alive. Who are you inviting? And his answer, my granddad, Hitler, and Michael Jackson. Come on. Which. You can't say that. Which, like, two out of three are problematic there. It's not just one. His granddad had to have been fucking <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> his grand, there's no way his granddad's even kill. And then someone asked him, you know, why Hitler? And he said he's a military genius and I love military tactics. But honestly, I would want to pick his brain as to why he did what he did. I'm also assuming that the people I have chosen have to answer all my questions honestly. See, I don't actually, like, Stop. think this is that. Stop. Ridiculous. Is what I was gonna say. It is ridiculous. It's it, his justification of just wanting to pick his brain of like why he did what he did is like a reasonable thing. Now, it's a re for that to be one of your three to me is out outlandish. One but of like, your three adjacent but, to Neverland, Michael Jackson. But it's like you can't er erase history. You want to understand how things like that happened. I, I think that's a. It's not. It's not as do it a different way. It's not as absurd as what I thought it was with. initially. Who? Okay, let's go. Our three people that you would do <laughs> if you could have dinner with any three people that are. We don't even get to chime in that much about like the fact that his other one was Michael Jackson. Yeah, that was all like, of the focus is obviously on the objectively worse one. But like, it's like. It's also bad that he mentioned Alleged Michael Jackson. Child molester. Is he also asking the same questions about Mike with Michael? What was yeah. your strategy? Why, why did you do the things you do? Proven genocidal I, dictator, alleged child molester, and his grandpa, pop pop. 
All right, I'll go first because admittedly you told me we were doing this like five seconds before we started recording. <laughs> so I like put together like a rapid three. None of them have actually, I don't think, killed people, but we'll see. I went Brett Favre. Brett Favre's always been one of my so, favorite players. Uh, so a guy who sends dick pics to people, you're Does he okay really? with that. You've, are you joking me? Wait, Brett Favre has sent dick pics to people? You don't remember the Jen Sturger saga? Saga? Saga. If I Google Brett Favre dick pics, does it come up? Yes. All right. He literally, <laughs> like, was one addicted to painkillers for a while. Oh, uh, God. Two, oh, no. It's there. Said, it's said, there. Yeah. It's awesome. There. I just saw on your computer, too. Thank God for that. Uh, so, okay. It's you're, there. You're and just why is as it soft? Jo- you're just as bad as Jonathan Allen. Why is it soft? That wasn't soft. Let's just say for, <laughs> for Brett Favre. Um, okay, go on. Eight Brett Favre. Fully clothed is one of my answers for lunch. Okay. And then I included Britney Spears. Britney Spears in her right prime now, was one okay, of my prime favorites. Britney Spears. Well, obviously you get to choose when you when talk to them. This is a mythical situation. Okay. Britney Spears, Spears in her prime was one of my favorite people. Yeah. And I also think if I talk to her post-prime, the stories are probably insane. Yeah, you need more post-prime for the stories. For there the have to, Britney Spears has probably got more stories and more dick pics than Brett Favre. That's true. I mean, yeah. Okay. Third... F- Third one for me was Anne Hathaway. I'm a big Les Mis fan, and I'm also a big Anne Hathaway fan. I love Devil Wears P. That was honestly like a Hail Mary. I, I, I would not actually choose Anne Hathaway if you gave me 10 minutes to pick this list, but I had like five seconds before we started that, recording. Okay, that list was poop. That's terrible. Einstein? Don't Google Brett Favre dick pics, by the way. Don't. Albert Einstein. I mean, you'll just get a dick pic. Albert Einstein, <laughs> number one, Dave Chappelle, and Bill Belichick. What the hell are you going to ask Einstein? I mean, just anything. Give me your first question, Einstein. How'd you come up with a theory of relativity? <laughs> That's terrible. That would be interesting. Oh my god! You wouldn't. What are you going to ask him? Anne Hathaway, dude? Walk me through. <laughs> walk me through step by step what it was like to Lay work with Meryl Streep. Then invite Meryl Streep, dude. No. All right. <laughs> I guess that's fair, actually. But- Bill Belichick, obviously the greatest football player. Oh, that's a, that's a, that's money. I probably could have included him. Yeah, uh, and then Dave Chappelle just Dave Chappelle's also a great one. This is a good list. I was too. fucking with you, Thank with Einstein. You. It's a good list. All right, you're about one it. dictator short, according to Jonathan Allen, yeah. but it's all pretty decent. I, I'm 0 for three in murderers, which <laughs> Jonathan Allen couldn't say the same. Very true. All right, before we get into the meat of this show, where we preview Super Bowl 56, Rams at Bengals, which is insane. All the interviews we do down here in LA. Like, honestly, the last thing you bring up with guests is the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> no one wants well, to talk about it, the Super Bowl. Because it gets hammered. Like, oh, yeah. You take every angle, and it's anywhere you look, you can find coverage of the game. Mm-hmm. You don't need us to ask every single person their take. The takes have been had. Yeah. What's funny about the Brandon Marshall interview before we get in that, too, we were scheduled for 2.30. Like, no call, no show. He shows up at 3 on the dot, and I'm like, yep, no problem. <laughs> we just let him go. You just let him. You just got to let him go. Yeah, you you. yeah, well, I had nothing. You left for food. Yeah, I, did. you left I for didn't food. It was supposed to be a two-on-one. two, two on one. You end up chasing freaking Jonathan Allen, whoever it was. Food All right, Brett Favre DPs. All right, remember, this podcast is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. The moment we've been waiting for since September is finally here. In honor of the big game, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56, is giving new customers 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get $200, $280 in free bets if your team wins. DraftKings is now live in New York, meaning you can bet from almost a third of the country. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PFF and get 56 to 1 odds on either team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 56. 21 years or older, see DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details for a full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem call at 1-800-GAMBLER. On to Super Bowl 56. Rams, officially, closing line will be most likely minus 4.5, favored by 4.5 with the hook. And the total is at 
48 and a half. Let's start with the game line and and total. So the spread and total. Give me your analysis on the the spread right now. I like the Bengals. I, I have not made that a secret throughout these playoffs. I picked them the last three weeks to win. Outright. Wow! Wow! And I'm picking them again to win. Wear that with your chest. Um, now, gonna do a little matchup by matchup. Like the the obvious the obvious one that's gonna get hammered home all week long that you can ask your mother and she'll know is a mismatch is this Rams defensive line against the Bengals offensive line. Yep. And it is. Like straight up, you have here here are the pat here are the overall grades of the Bengals offensive line in the playoffs. Jonah Williams, sixty five point four. Quinn Spain, fifty two point eight. Trey Hopkins, fifty eight point eight. Kima Dinaje, forty one point four. Jackson Carmen, those are your right guards that are split time, forty four point nine. And Isaiah Prince, fifty two point seven. That's not good. No. But also, that is their grades in the playoffs, and they've won three games against three good teams. You know, like they, that's it, Joe Burrow. They, that's a Joe Burrow yeah, stat. Exactly. Like they've gone around it. Here, here are the grades of the guys they're blocking this year: Aaron Donald, ninety three point five; Von Miller, ninety point four; Leonard Floyd, seventy point seven. It ain't gonna be easy. No. But again, it hasn't been easy for three straight games, and they've overcome it. No defense in the NFL this postseason has recorded pressure at a higher rate than the Los Angeles Rams. Aaron Donald and Von Miller both have 16 pressures apiece so far this postseason. I think Cincinnati, so far this postseason, a 59.8 PFF pass blocking grade. Everyone knows the game against Tennessee where Joe Burrow took nine freaking sacks. But it didn't matter. It won. It didn't matter. Why doesn't it matter, I guess? It's too easy to say it's just cool Joe. It's just because Joe Burrow is just a freaky guy. And it's the thing. It's like Joe Burrow has overcome it, but they're not winning because of their offense. Here's why it doesn't matter. They've hold, held each team they face six points below their season average point total. Wow. That's a good stat. And this is the stat that it is not the Bengals' offense that makes me think they're going to win. It is the Bengals' defense. And here is my me trying to sell you on this. They have been one of the zone-heavier teams in the NFL. They have they ran a lot of three-man rushes this postseason, more than anyone else in this postseason. Uh, Lou Anarumos runs a diverse coverage set, but not a ton of man coverage. Matt Stafford this year versus man coverage, 91.9 overall grade, 19 touchdowns, two picks, 133.0 passer grade. Matt Stafford's zone coverage this year, 73.9 pass, PFF passing grade, 90.0 passer rating, nine touchdowns, 11 picks. Significant drop-off. Different quarterback. Matt Stafford against three-man rushes this season, 44 dropbacks, 53.2 overall grade. 21 of 40 for 149 yards. That's 3.7 yards per attempt and a 48.9 passer rating. Holy shit. They're going to come out and drop eight because that has been their game plan, and they're going to run a ton of zone coverage and basically say Matt Stafford didn't conduct the ball down the field on us. And I don't think they're going to. I don't think this Rams offensive line is can do enough in the running game. And Matt Stafford, again, judge going back to the three-man rushes, how he's fared, I don't think he has the patience to do that. And the Bengals are going to make him do that. So I think it's a low-scoring game. And then... It really doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter that the Rams can pressure this Bengals offense. I think Joe Burrow is the guy I would bet on in a close, low-scoring game to come away in the end. Man, I, I do think that so much of the attention for the Super Bowl has been on Aaron Donald, Von Miller, Jalen Ramsey going toe-to-toe with Joe Burrow, PFF's highest-graded quarterback in the NFL right now when you include the postseason. But really, let's flip. You know, I think you're smart to flip the script and look at what Lou Anarumo has done with the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Them adding Chidobe Awuzie, Mike Hilton, Trey Hendrickson, B.J. Hill. It is a legitimate defense. This Bengals defense should not be underrated anymore with what they've done this postseason. I love that stat you pulled on them being, you know, holding their 
opponents to six games below or six points below their season average. How big of a matchup, in your opinion, is Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase, and who ultimately wins that one? I think Jamar Chase's receiving yards prop is set at like 79 and a half. Mm-hmm. Over under seven nine and a half. If you want to bet on DraftKings, make sure you use promo code PFF. If you do, Jalen Ramsey, highest graded quarterback in the NFL according to PFF, highest ranked in WAR. Jamar Chase, highest ranked receiver in yards throughout run and single coverage, highest graded receiver in single coverage. Like this is the get your popcorn ready matchup. Am I crazy to say Jamar Chase gets over his receiving yards total Ooh. and beats on Jamar Chase a little bit, or Jamar Chase, Jalen Ramsey a little bit, who's only allowed 100 yards in a single game this season once? Yeah. I think Jamar Chase beats that. I think Jamar Chase goes toe-toe with Ramsey and actually gets over 100. Ooh, okay. That's a call I'm not necessarily willing to get on board with because they don't have to. Yeah. And and that's the beauty of why we say get you a three-deep wide receiving core. Get you ancillary weapons at the receiver position. Because when you have a a matchup like that, that's Jalen Ramsey against your best wide receiver who could theoretically shut him down, could be a matchup that favors the Rams, you don't have to go there mm-hmm. if you want. You got a mismatch then that's T. Higgins at six foot five against Darius Williams at five foot ten. You got seven inches there, eight inches that you can it's just go and throw it Brett up. Favre would guy. pray for that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean he knows nothing about that. Um, and you have Tyler Boyd working in the middle of the field. Like you have options if you're the Bengals, and that's again why we say you need more than one. You need more than one wide receiver. You need a core of wide receivers. In this day and age, if you want to consistently go to Super Bowls, consistently compete, you need at least two options. I was working on some content for PFF, and while all the attention, right, is on Jalen Ramsey versus Jamar Chase, the rookie phenom versus the consensus cornerback one in the NFL, T. Higgins going against Darius Williams is going to be legit. And if they can funnel targets to him, I think T. Higgins is another guy that can go over his prop. I know I'm previewing a lot of his prop segment here, but T. Higgins' prop is only set at 68 and a half. That's the matchup to exploit for Joe Burrow and Cincinnati. Attack T. Higgins. I think his receptions prop is four and a half, five and a half. Get him over that. Darius Williams is obviously a more favorable matchup when you look at this receiver versus quarterback um, uh, matchup chart across the board. You'd love to see. Now, where does this all start? What have we not brought up yet? Zach Taylor running the football on early downs into a pit of misery. Joe Mixon's rushing yards prop is set almost close to 70 because they know he's going to get the volume. You like this game going under. Is it a lot of that because Zach Taylor is going to sit on it too much? Or is that just because this Bengals defense is going to rise to the occasion? I, both. Yeah. Like, that's, I like it going under because that is what he's done all three games so yeah. far. Like that he's is, not – a Tiger doesn't change his stripes. Yeah. So, yeah, I like the Bengals outright, and I like the under. I'll go Bengals cover. Doing it again. Doing it again. Doing it again. Bengals cover plus four and a half. So. Rams win. Why am I doing this? For the city of Cincinnati. Every yeah. time I've thought the Bengals are going to win, they've lost. I'm saying the Rams win. I think the Rams ultimately win. I think the Bengals cover the 4.5. And, and I also like the under 48.5. I think my final score prediction was somewhere along the lines of 24-21 Rams winning this one in the end. Let's get to some props. Prop I want to do some props season. as well. Before we get to props, make sure you are a proud, proud owner of a Manscaped package you know, uh, Lawnmower 4.0. Roses are red, violets are blue. Don't let a wild pube wreck you. Valentine's Day is just around the corner, and our sponsors at Manscaped are here with the best tools to get your balls ready for the special occasion. This V-Day, it's time to join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming, with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code PFF for 20% off plus free shipping. If you were going to build out a Manscaped ad for the Super Bowl, what would be some of your options here? 
Oh, see, like I, I'm, I feel like Manscaped should get on that band Super Bowl train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like where like they create just a ad they know is gonna get rejected, mm-hmm. and it's like, and they oh, just say they rejected it, right? Yeah. Get it out on YouTube, like band Super Bowl ad Manscaped. It yeah. would do well. Maybe. I think there's some options there. The holidays went by so quickly. Did you even remember to take care of your package? The Performance Package 4.0 from Manscaped is the thing every guy needs in their life to make each and every day just a little more special. You don't realize that Manscaped cannot just make your love life better. It can make each and every yeah. day. It's not a just a you decision, bro. No. This is for everyone else. It's an everyone life. decision. It's a roommate decision now. But like <laughs> Manscaped created their products for a night just like this to make V-Day, your V-Day date say, wow, great set of balls you have there. That is the best line in the read, period. If your V-Day date says, wow, great set of balls you have there, I mean, that's a bigger compliment than Favre's getting these days. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code PFF. Join Cupid and shoot your arrow straighter with Manscaped this Valentine's Imagine Day. Imagine how much bigger Favre's would look like if he had the Manscaped. Exactly. Like more exactly. That was, I mean, when you talk about... It wouldn't about, be a laughing stock. It would be... People would be in awe. It'd be honestly a thumbnail of a YouTube video. <laughs> if Manscaped would be paying for the rights, yeah. uh, probably wouldn't be live on Google either. All right, some Super Bowl props. Yes. Also, can we pick, I want us to pick these three and then you can tell me some of your favorites. Oh, that's not what I was doing. Oh, well, either, either way, I'm going to make you do these. All right. Well, who is your pick? Because I think this one's fun. Who is your pick for MVP? Oh, right okay, now, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, Matthew Stafford is plus 100. Joe Burrow plus 225. Cooper Cup plus 600. Yeah. And then everyone else is plus 1,000 or worse. Okay. So I, I want Joe Burrow plus 225. Yeah. I think that's one of the best bets in the whole thing because the Bengals win. It's automatically going to it's Burrow. Him. It's It's going to be him. And the Bengals' odds of winning are plus 170. Mm-hmm. But you can get Burrow MVP plus 225. That's better than the, betting the Bengals' money line. I was going to say, the, imp- the implied odds of that is saying that there's a 1-5 chance that Burrow, the Bengals win and Burrow's not the MVP. I think that is massively too high of saying that. I think it's more like 1 in like 12 chance of if the Bengals win, Burrow's not the MVP. It's going to take like either Joe Mixon going for like 140 or... Not going to happen. Multiple picks from someone on... Or Jamar, Chase, or Jamar Chase going for like three TDs. Jamar Chase going for a big game, though, still probably goes to Burrow. No, know, Just fair. because of the name Retco. So, yeah, I'm going to go Joe I Burrow. mean, and that's kind of reflected in these odds, too. Joe Burrow, who's the first Cincinnati Bengals player on this list, is plus 225. The next Bengals player is Jamar Chase at plus 1,800. Yeah. So I do think if you like the Bengals to win, betting Joe Burrow plus 225 for the MVP is great. I actually like, again, picking the Rams to win. I like Cooper Cup at plus 600. Yeah. I mean, Matthew Stafford's obviously the favorite. That's why he's plus 100 to win MVP. But Cooper Cup, the triple crown winner in the NFL, if Stafford throws a couple picks, which we probably could see, Cup finds the end zone twice, yeah. goes over 100 yards, his prop right now I think is 101.5. Like, they're expecting him to go off. If yeah. Cup kind of meets those expectations or slightly exceeds those expectations, I think Cup could be good value at plus 600. I think that's my favorite MVP bet. Now, how about Gatorade color? Any interest in betting Gatorade color? No. What do you mean no? That's one where it's like, if you, if I'd go text Zach Robinson and be like, dude, take a look at the Gatorade. Text him. Give me a, give me a number. You won't do it. We'll say, we won't text him, but then text him. Oops. Okay. <laughs> anyway, color of the Gatorade, poured on the winning coach. Right now, odds are clear slash water. So you're getting both clear Gatorade, yeah. which I don't know if they have that. No. It's, it's just water. <laughs> <laughs> plus 250. Orange is plus 300. Yellow and green plus 350. Blue is plus 400. None. None is plus 600. Is that a value? I think the none's the best value there after the. So there's just nothing in the can or there's no one dumps it? Just they don't get a dump. Oh, okay. Or you. 
Do they always dump? They probably always dump. I think they always dump, though. Yeah. Orange, I feel like, is a good bet, too, though. Orange is one of the more popular Gatorade colors, and you, if the Bengals win and they dump fucking some purple shit on there, yeah, it's a it disaster. Would be Bengals, no, yeah. it's going to be Bengals. I think if you like the Bengals to win, that might be Go better right. value. Yeah. Again, you keep on chasing these adjacent values here. I think plus plus 300 orange Gatorade is essentially a Bengals money line bet. Not bad. Yeah. I think I like that. I think I'm going to go orange, actually. I like orange as the bet there. Last one, anytime touchdown scorer, who are some of your favorites there? I, I'm a big fan of the touchdown scores props. Right now, anytime score, Cooper Cup is minus 190. Joe Mixon is minus 105. Cam Akers is minus 110. There's some other guys that get even deeper. People love betting this prop. Again, you can find all these prices on DraftKings. Use promo code PFF. CJ Osama is out there at plus 250. You got Samaj P. Ryan at plus 400. Anyone interest you on these? Oof, I'm looking through the list here. T. You Higgins plus 175. That's the bet. T. Higgins, Higgins plus, plus 175 against Darius Williams on a fade. That's money. The one I like is going really deep. Chris Evans plus 1,200. Yikes. Get him on a screen. Jake Funk plus 2,000. <laughs> the screen game is going to have to be active for the Bengals. Uh, yeah, let me go Let me go. Chris Evans plus 1,200. Lovely, lovely. All right, now My give me... I said was going to at the beginning <laughs> of the season make some noise. <laughs> He's going to make some noise in the, play, yeah. in the Super Bowl now. Give me now your okay. a couple of your favorite props, of my favorite ones. independent of the ones I forced you to pick. So these are the ones I wrote down prior to this. And I wrote this down, and then I saw a tweet from Mina Kimes that made me even like this one even more. But Tyler Boyd to get over 40 and a half receiving yards. You mentioned T. Higgins is the guy who probably benefits from Jalen Ramsey uh, on Jamar Chase. I think Boyd's the guy that ultimately benefits the most because Ramsey's played a lot of the slot over the course of this season. And so if he is not, if he is being used to kind of be their Jamar Chase shutdown guy, that leaves a guy who hasn't really played a lot of slot in the slot. And without much time, Joe Burrow is not going to be able to look outside as much. And Mina Kimes tweet here, Rams pass defense is excellent, except for sh short passes between the numbers where they allow the second highest key bar in football, a.k.a. where Tyler Boyd operates. So 40 and a half Attack those yards. linebackers. That's what I like. And then the other one I mentioned, the drop eight, going to force the ball underneath. I like Cam Akers over two and a half receptions. I think checking down Matt Stafford is going to be a thing in this one. I have three, and I yeah. think I've already mentioned them both, but T. Higgins over 68 and a half receiving yards is minus 120. I've already mentioned that Darius Williams. I think that's what we want to tar. I think that's who's going to benefit a lot from this. I also like the Tyler Boyd one that you mentioned. Pretty much non-chase receiving yards props. Go attack those. The other one, though, Jamar Chase is plus 400 to lead all players in receiving yards in this game. Cooper wow. Cup's like plus four, plus 100. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. I mean, obviously, four, he just said he's going over 100 four, versus Jalen Ramsey. Four, you you got to like that. Four to one odds on him being the game's leader in receiving yards. I, I'll, I'll take that. And then the last one, I think Joe Mixon's receptions, receptions prop is set at three and a half. He's averaged over five receptions, I think, in the East of the last five games. Go chase that over there, too. I think Go Joe Mixon's going to get yeah. some dumpies as well. A lot of Bengals love on this show. I mean, we're based in Cincinnati. It's not where the bias lies. I think it's fun to root for an underdog. But you though. picked the Rams, so. I did pick the Rams. Remember, Bengals to cover, Rams to win, and that's for Cincinnati. Yeah. That's for Cincinnati. If I if I win that hedge again, though, you can stop making fun of me. That'd be great. Uh, shall we get to these interviews? Yes. Before we do, proud sponsor, proud sponsor of the Tailgate Podcast is Western and Southern. Uh, while you focus on your roster moves, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves, buying your first home, planning to start a family, wondering how to make your money grow. Western Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day, team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Now, on to interviews with the ringers Benjamin Solak, and wide receiver Brandon Marshall. 
Now joining the Tailgate Podcast is Brandon Marshall. I was going to say NFL receiver, but honestly, <laughs> your ability on podcasts lately has been sensational. I've been a huge fan of the I Am Athlete Podcast. It's great to have you on the show, man. Oh, thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate that. I mean, it, it, that the transition is tough. It can oh, be tough for a lot of a lot of guys, um, a lot of athletes, I should say. Um, so I appreciate that, man, because it's hard work. You know that. No, and I was listening to a part of your most recent podcast, and you were saying when you guys first started, 84 people listening to the show at start. <laughs> and then it's gotten to this point where it's like 20, 25,000 people all tuning in live. And then I think your latest episode on YouTube got over 200,000 views. You're, you're, you're transitioning just fine, man. You're making some plays there. Yeah, I mean, we're getting to a play point now where most of our shows are doing 600, 700 to a million plus. You wow. know, we have some shows that are up at four. Four million, three million views, um, you know, and and it's because it's just real. Yeah, That's no, one hundred percent. That's real the best part about it. I think a part of that realness in your latest episode, I wanted to get to this part. <laughs> this story is incredible. So you're talking to Chris Olave. I think Samir White was there, David Bell from Purdue. And you're talking about your preparation for the combine. Yeah. And you're like, hey, I didn't have my girlfriend with me. Right. I was all locked in. I need you, your words, this preparation for this for the dra- for the combine. What all went into that? Um, I mean, outside of the medical part, the training, uh, you know, the, the nutritional part, like all of that stuff. Yeah, I took a page out of you know Mike Tyson's book and and some of the great fighters right like it's those legendary stories of look I'm getting I'm in camp I'm getting ready for this big fight this big moment in my life no sex no sex like you can't have sex right like the energy so I like I wanted all of that power I wanted everything (laughs) to just (laughs) yeah this one is 140 and it worked 449 449 dude and it was because of that because i had no sex i didn't even touch myself <laughs> so you know like no at all yeah that was I mean, then was, you ran the 449 and obviously it let everything go i mean that's like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I think that's some of the best advice I think anyone's given uh, any receiver or any yeah, really player it. entering this Well, draft. I did it even when I got to the league as well. Like, you know, Thursday, I think. Anyway, this is when I was I was so locked in. Mm-hmm. So even, like, Thursday was when I start, you know, with my, my, my girlfriend and turned wife, right? Still mm-hmm. with my, my wife oh, nice. now, 13 years. Um, yeah, Thursday night, no sex. Wow. Yeah, well, Thursday night for through. Sunday. Yeah. And probably like eight years in, I was like, man, this shit's terrible. I'm over this. <laughs> Night crazy. before the game, day of the game, let's get after it. I love that. I mean, you're with, I mean, with Chad Jochosinko yeah. on the I Am Athlete, he, he was like, dude, I would go three, four times before the, before <laughs> right. the game, literally like day of those fights that he's doing. And he's I, I love another part of that podcast episode. You guys talk about um, you know, how, prioritizing health, right? And how's for right. athlete, That's you right. guys are going in and giving Chris Olave and these guys dietitians, where Chad Jochosinko is ripping McDonald's drive-thru <laughs> literally day before four games I, I i love that your approach for that though i think more yeah. of these athletes i was talking to max crosby recently who's obviously gotten sober since yes. he's getting into the nfl and he's prioritized his health even aiden hutchinson defensive end for michigan he's like i don't eat gluten i don't eat sugar i don't That's drink right. caffeine i think i think there is two sides right there's the chad ocho cinco side where you do whatever you want but i do think there is no health is- there is no side there is no ocho side <laughs> right like i mean he's one if, if one. you really listen to uh but if you really listen to him what he's saying is right because like i i believe in the 80 20 rule right like 80% of the time I'm gonna be on top of 
I'm be on top of what I'm eating and what I'm putting in my body. And 20% of the time, have fun. Like, what is fun for me? Sushi. You know, I like pancakes. You know, I like waffles. I like French fries as well. I like yeah. truffle French fries. So there's some things that I, 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 I enjoy. But, you know, if you really listen to Ocho, you know, and what he's saying is everything is so political. Yeah. Right? Like... You know, someone's like, okay, they tell us to drink milk. Who wrote that? The milk people. <laughs> right. Yogurt's good for you. You know, this is good for you. That's good for you. That's bad for you. Who's behind that, right? Um, so I just try to push them more to, like, go deeper. Like, tell us. Don't just tell us, you know, just eat more McDonald's or it's okay to eat McDonald's and drink this or drink that every day. Like, tell us what, how you really feel. So you have to really listen to Ocho because he's really saying some interesting things around nutrition and food. You know, it's important. You got to know what you're putting in your body. You know, it's a, it's a reason why, you know, consumption's going up and so is cancer and liver disease and heart disease and sleep apnea and loss of energy and, you know, certain cancers. It's important. It's what we're putting in our damn bodies. No, 100%. I mean, I encourage everyone listening to the podcast to check out uh, I Am Athlete. It's a fantastic show. You can get it on YouTube and on wherever you can find your podcast. Yeah. It's a phenomenal show. Uh, we could probably talk about this stuff all day, but let's get to the Super Bowl a little bit. How, how much have you guys, have you watched Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase? And I guess speak to the talents of these two receivers going into this game. Yeah, J Jamar Chase is, um, he's special. Uh, his, his confidence, I think, is what separates him from the pack. His body control. We had him at House of Athlete for a little bit. Oh, really? Uh, past off season, and um, right away, as soon as I talked to him, I said, "Oh, this dude's locked in. He's good to go. He just needs to continue to do what he's doing." Right? Um, he's fine. This dude is different. Uh, Cooper Cup. I don't think the league has ever seen a Cooper Cup before, and the, the reason why I say that is because the physical and the mental, high football IQ, uh, his mindset. Uh, his ability to put team first, which is hard for a lot of people these days. You know, it took me four years to realize, you know, how to be an individual within a team in this big business. Uh, and then as far as like a football player, his ability to run routes is how he catches the ball. He's a hands catcher. He's dependable there, extremely dependable there. And, um, you know, his yards after the catch. Oh, yeah. Like we've never seen a receiver like this. We haven't, like at this level. Now, I, I'm not saying he's Jerry Rice. I'm not saying he's the best, you know, I'm, he may not even be the best today, but like when you, when I look at receiver, I look at, man, what makes you the best at the receiver position? Like what's that special thing that you bring to the table? And to me, he's one of those guys that excels in almost all those traits. That's hard to find. No, 100%. I mean, on the topic, Jamar Chase, Cooper Cup, two of the best receivers that played football this year. Don't want to throw you on the spot, but who are some of your top guys in the NFL right now at that position? Receiver position, wow. Yeah, that is tough. Um, D-Hop didn't have the year he, 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 he should have had. He was banged up a little bit, but D-Hop is still there. Um, Stephon, Stephon Diggs is up there. Uh, you have Tyreek Hill. You have uh, obviously Adams, right? Devonte super smooth. He may be number one right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know Justin Jefferson. Oh, man, we're loaded with talent. I mean, who else am I missing? As it's all Mike Evans. You know he's a beast. And then like guys like that, Mike Evans. People, people aren't really going to 
talk a lot about Mike Evans, but there's dudes like that. It's like, yo, I know I throw that ball out there 95% of the time. This dude's coming down with the ball, right? It doesn't matter the yeah. situation. So you got to show love. Darren Keenan Allen is definitely different. Uh, I still love uh, Adam Thielen, you know. I can go on and on. Yeah. I, I know recently on the I Am Athlete podcast, you had Antonio Brown on, and mm -hmm. you had a really good conversation about, like, you know, you were sitting down with an entertainer almost and him putting himself over some of the team and right. stuff like that I thought was interesting. And you said 10% chance he gets back in the NFL, but I would argue when he was playing with the Bucs, he was one of the top receivers in the NFL too, like still to this day, like that good in the NFL. For sure, 100%. Like 100%. And, you know, I, I don't know if he gets back to the – I don't know if he gets back to the NFL. Um, hopefully he does. I would love to. I, w I want Antonio Brown to get back on the team, mm -hmm. feel really good about, you know, everything that they're doing, everything that he's doing, and go out with a bang. Yeah. That's what I want for, for Antonio Brown. Hopefully we can get there because he's absolutely brilliant at running routes and playing a wide receiver position. Now everything else that goes around it, fitting in the team, being in the right situation, that's going to be tough to find. Um, but it's out there. And, and someone's going to have to take a chance. And Antonio is going to have to maybe tweak some things mm -hmm. to his approach as well. I mean, I think the NFL is better when that good of an athlete, that good of a player is in the league, right? And when Antonio Brown's on the football field, the league is a lot better. I want to flip a little bit to the defense side of the ball. You yeah. had a really good conversation with Ocho Cinco about Darrell Revis and what made him great. There's a really good cornerback in this Super Bowl in Jalen Ramsey. Mm -hmm. How would you approach going toe-to-toe -to -toe mm -hmm. with Jalen Ramsey in this game? He's a unique weapon for the Rams defense. Uh Keep my, my, my mouth shut. <laughs> and the reason why is because he's one of those guys that he'll take it there. What I mean by take it there, okay, he's going to be – he's going to play within the in, in the guidelines. He's going to play within the lines. And, you know, but if you cross those lines, you have to see him every single play until the last whistle. And that – not everyone wants to go there. Mm -hmm. You know, we're talking about fighting and yelling and screaming every single play. The dude is just different. It's personal for him. For me, I'm keeping my mouth shut. And I'm going in, you know, with a lot of strategy. So what I, what I would do with guys like that is I'm looking at, okay, what are the 10 routes that he he's so familiar with are the stems? And I'm building off of that. I may give him something early in the first quarter. And then the second quarter is really when I want to really want to get after him, right? So I'm feeding him something, giving him this look. And then the second quarter is when I may give him that same little look, but then break out to the left, right? Mm -hmm. And so there's a lot of strategy and there's a lot of reps that you got to you gotta get before that game. That's what I would do with Darrell Revis. You go out there and just play, you know, traditional football with Darrell Revis, you're not going to have a good game. If you just go, I'm going to run a slant. I'm going to run a go. I'm going to run a comeback. Like, they're going to shut those routes down nine out of ten times what you got to do is actually put a little bit on there you know like okay i'm gonna give him this slant and he knows in the second quarter two minutes left 80 percent of the time we go slant now i'm gonna go sl sluggo yeah right so you got to play chess with guys like that the champ bailey's of the world the richard sherman's of the world the rail revis is of the world Jalen ramsey's of the world the santi samuels of the world we can close with this one. I know you have a lot of time yeah. left, but I'd love to go off of that. Do you have any stories from when you were in the league where you did maybe open your mouth a bit and run into one of these guys that can play into that and play into Al that? Al Harris. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, Al Harris, that was a grown man. 
Yeah, like I went out there. I'm six five, two thirty, and it's like I'm the I'm I'm the big bad boy on the on, in the <laughs> playground. And so, you know, I was my second third year in the league, uh, and I went out there with that same energy to him, and he literally just put his hands around my throat and just like start choking me out. Oh my god! And then every play after that, it was like it was a heavyweight fight, and it was exhausting, and so. Um, that was like my welcome to the island moment right there. It's like, man, this dude's a grown man. Really appreciate the time, Brandon. This was fantastic. Thanks again. Cool. Thank you, man. Appreciate <laughs> you. Thank you. Now joining the Tailgate Podcast is Ringer staff writer Benjamin Solak. Dude, great to have you on the show, man. Yeah, it's good to be here. We're not sure if I've been on or on the show yet or not. Yeah. We're talking about the we pre-show. Search before. I'll, I'll take a look. <laughs> I, I maybe have tweeted it out before. I feel like yeah. we've had you on. You're a longtime listener, a longtime friend. Saying, and we've also like I like ran into you guys at the Notre Dame Cincinnati game. Actually, yeah. I ran into Austin. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I'm you like, were I somewhere uh, in a different dimension. No, I was like shit my pants that game. Yeah, I was. I was. Well aware. Well aware. <laughs> well, Ben, it's great to, great to have you. On. It's great to have you on. Before we get into draft class, QBs, all that stuff, mm-hmm. you've been doing a ton of interviews today. Who've been some standouts? Yeah, no, it was cool. We got our first kind of like real radio row run, which was way more ours than I wanted to put in that sentence. <laughs> um, we talked to Robert Woods, which was really cool. Woods is in like a, a weird spot, you know what I mean? Like he's yeah. integral to this team and also not playing. And also they're in the Super Bowl. And last time they were here, you know, he was such a big part of the unit. And so he gave like really cool talks about what's changed for the Rams over the last four years. He's kind of got like a nice step back perspective right now because he hasn't been like in the week in, week out game planning. We talked to Gerard Mayo, uh, who's the de facto DC with uh, with the Patriots, which was fun because Bengals got here because they played like drop eight right against the Chiefs. It was just mad, you know, rush three, drop eight. Patriots started that. that and, and Mayo is very happy to answer yes. scheme questions. I was like, hey, like, how does this work? And he was like, you know, he broke it down, which was fun. Um, and then we also have Kayvon Thibodeau, who's, you know, potential number one overall pick in this class. He's a really impressive dude in terms of like, you know, a lot of times the number one overall pick is football, football, football. And Kayvon makes it very clear from the jump that he's not. He's football and then a lot of other things he cares about. He plays chess. I wanted to get his chess ranking so I can know whether or not I should try to face Kayvon Thibodeau, but I, I didn't get it through. So that, I missed that in the interview. And I was upset about that. I know he has his own cryptocurrency as well. He plays chess against members of his discord to promote his crypto which is a sentence that like if i try to explain that to my mom like try to say that out loud anywhere. three years ago <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is, i'm not <laughs> even sure i get what's going on yeah, there, it's, it's, it's it's a lot but it's it's cool how much he has like planned out for his life you know one of the ways i know that is i am an investor in yes. in Kayvon Thibodeau's crypto it's called dream with a j dream I, it's oh, hard. I got it or whatever yeah, it may yeah. be but um I've been, been an investor for three months. We're down about 40%, but we're going to come back. Uh, Obviously, how, waiting for like draft that's day. that's kind of how it goes for crypto. Yeah, listen. <laughs> I haven't played it, him in chess either, but could that help Hold me? until draft day. If he goes top <laughs> yeah. five, I think we'll see Hold the line. We're yeah, going yeah, to the moon we're good, we're good. with Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, let's get into this quarterback class. I know you've spent some time mm-hmm. watching these guys. They were all at the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Five of the top six guys are consensus top six guys. We're down there at the Senior Bowl. Your early impressions of this class. And tell me something that isn't, it's not good. Something uh, else than that, because that's what everyone's telling it's me. It's great. Six starters, aren't <laughs> No, Seth had that really good point he made today it's a joke but all of Seth's good points are short jokey points where he said uh every quarterback is quarterback three right that's like what it is you know what I mean like uh we describe Malik Willis right out of Liberty and we talk about him as this like full-on project he's a total not like so much a rebuild because like because it's not like you have to tear stuff down like bad habits just like he, all he is is the foundation all he is is the tools right now you got to build him up and you got to you got to you know teach him the ropes from day one you're not going to win with him in year one Usually when we talk about that player, good or bad, right, Josh Allen or Paxton Lynch, 
that is QB3, right? Like Josh Allen was top 10, Paxton Lynch was outside the top 15, but they were QB3. Like usually that's where that guy lands. Malik's probably going to be QB1. Mm-hmm. Talk about Kenny Pickett as this, like, you know, he's not going to make mistakes for you. You know what I mean? You're going to put him right in there and succeed, and it's going to be fine, and you know, expect him to manage from the pocket, be a good processor. It's Derek Carr, it's Jimmy Garoppolo. Those guys were QB3, QB4, right? So these are they're molds that we understand, and there's ways to win with them. There's ways to win with Desmond Ritter. Like, these guys corral if you're going to run a super RPO offense. Like, it can get done. It's just that dude is usually not the most valuable quarterback in a class. So what's interesting about this class isn't so much the players, because we we get them, we have models for them. What's interesting is who blinks? What team goes top 10 on one of these guys? Does it start a run? Do we do 2013 where no quarterbacks in the top 16? Like it's it's very interesting to think about how this this class gets drafted. So to say what team blinks, I'm gonna get your take here. I'm gonna go through each team that needs a quarterback. And you tell me, would you pull the trigger on one of the quarterbacks in this class at that respect to pick? So number five, New York Giants, pull the trigger on no, quarterback. No. Carolina at number six, are you pulling the trigger? Oh, Carolina. No, but <laughs> Carolina's a mess. Denver at number nine, you pulling the trigger? <sighs> I'm just thinking about Aaron Rodgers in orange and blue right now. That one's, yeah. That's, like, okay, that's, okay. On, that's on the border. Skip yeah. We could skip Denver. Uh, Washington at 11, are you pulling the trigger? Yes. Okay. I think that's where it starts. So 11's the trigger pull. I, think, I, I tend right. to agree. I think you you look at what you have in Washington with, like, you have a, you brought in a young tackle in Samuel Cosme, a young running back in Antonio Gibbs, and you have a star receiver in Terry McLaurin, you signed Curtis Samuel. Scott Turner is like an OCI likely. Like, I think he does cool stuff. I just think he's been so limited in terms of, of injuries he's dealt with and then also the quarterback. You kind of need to get a quarterback in the building to kind of get proof of concept. Like, is this going to work with Scott Turner? Is this going to work with our weapons? Because mm-hmm. at this point, you're like, all right, Terry, Samuel, Gibson, Logan Thomas, this could be a good offense, but we can't prove that. So Washington at 11 feels like the spot. And how many of these guys are you theoretically pulling the trigger on in the first round? So mm-hmm. say you're all the way down at 32 Detroit Lions, yeah. three quarterbacks are off the board. I can, yeah. Are you taking the fourth quarterback in this class at that I point? can justify Pickett, Ritter, and Willis in the first round, I okay. think. Corral, which is, is for me quarterback four, is where I go like, okay, like sure, but also, and and again, like I'm referencing Seth for the second time. I promise I don't care that much about what Seth thinks. <laughs> um, but Seth had the piece where he said like, you know, he brought up the fact that you just saw so many few true dropbacks from Corral in college, right? He is a, a, a big projection who doesn't have elite physical tools the way Willis does. He feels like a guy who, like it's not like dime a dozen because he does have some nice stuff and he's obviously very productive, but he feels like a guy who's in every single class. And I don't want to be drafting that quarterback in the first round if, if that's the case. Fair. I, I want to get to the edge class as well. It's another one yeah. of those class where there are a lot of different opinions on who is this edge one versus edge two, yeah. Aiden Hutchinson of Michigan, and then Kayvon Thibodeau, a guy you've talked to today, and have already invested half your savings in his crypto. Yeah. Unbiased, crypto aside, who is your edge one right now? And I guess how close are those guys as prospects for you? Yeah, they're really close. And I think, I think again, like talking about that quarterback theme, neither one of these guys is reminiscent of like that clear number one chase edge. young miles you know I mean? yeah exactly they're not that player like cave to me is like like bradley chubb right like chubb went number five it was a good draft pick but it's like all right could be a nine sack a year guy but generally it's like good on three downs can defend the run whatever it's like the the ancillary stuff we usually talk about doesn't have like he has great athleticism but it's not like he's a miles garrett caliber chase, chase young caliber athlete so I, I think i prefer thibodeau a little bit but also if you're telling me right now like I need to draft a guy and get six sacks next season. I'd rather have Hutchinson. Like, Hutchinson kind of gets this 
I think this Billing, because he's at Michigan, he's this big, tough white dude, and he like loves the Watts or whatever. That he's like this like staunch run defender, power rusher. He's like a legit like hands rusher, quick guy. He gets to a soft corner, he knows what he's doing. So I, I feel like in year one, I can set my clock to Hutchinson, especially on passing downs, a lot better than Thibodeau, who's probably gonna have to you know change his stance. Like you know, like, like he was very versatile in Oregon, so you have to like learn the ropes a little bit. After year one, I think that. Uh, Thibodeau has a good chance to overtake Hutchinson. I, I, also, so I like both players. I also feel with Hutchinson, and I think it's a lot of the stuff that you spoke to, there's this connotation that he's going to, he's just this big, tough, high effort white dude, right? Coming yeah. out of Michigan. Whereas he's going to test a lot better than that, right? Like yeah. his athleticism is a lot better than that. I think that's where a lot of minds, I think, will shift more toward Hutchinson because I do think that Thibodeau is getting more often billed as this like yeah. super athletic freak when and Hutchinson at his weight is going to be a freak as well. And when and then when you put on the tape, Thibodeau is clearly the better run defender, right? <laughs> and it's just like if, if if people, in my opinion, just like watch him, you can get it. But it's very easy to be like, all right, there's the dude in or the black dude in Oregon with the shades. There's the white dude in Michigan with the eye black. I know how these players work. And really, if you if you don't dive into it, it's just so easy to be like, these are the models and whatever. But both they they, they both break the models of what's typically described for those sorts of prototypes and that makes the class cool and fun to talk about the lazy analysis is there yeah. for the taking oh, yeah. right? you could very jump easy. on it very quickly yeah are there any position groups so we talked about it's weak class in the hall yeah, yeah. and i agree with that are there any position groups that you have seen that you're like maybe this position group is actually where the value could be because it's a strong class relative to your average run of yeah. the class corner i mean like I will never forget Stingley's freshman season and i really yeah. don't care what happened afterward i mean i could do a little bit but that that it's very rare to see a guy at that age walk out and be that dominant against that gamut of receivers that he faced at LCU 2019. In incredible. Stingley is a gorgeous mover, has a natural instinct for the position, was in like a variety of alignments. He was Dave Aranda corner. Like that is a hard job, and he just was doing it right away. And then Sauce Gardner's kind of uh, to Cincinnati, his style of play is falling out a little bit there aren't many seattle cover threes yeah. left like so unless gus bradley's getting in the building it's like all right who's who's drafting him but in terms of that long press man ability being able to play the ball through the hands like he is so schooled and just winning against an x receiver for four quarters and you don't really see that a lot anymore and how valuable that is 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 a question now in like a too high quarters world but it's still very impressive and then andrew booth who's like the third guy just good at everything like it, it, it feels dumb to put him as a as a as the, the you know the, the tag on the end is the ancillary dude but like booth is ridiculously good with the ball in the air he is very comfortable in a variety of coverages a little bit less splash plays than sauce gardner and Derek stingley and so he feels like the third guy but if a team took andrew booth top 10 i'd be like yeah well it's a premium position he's got great athleticism he's got great tape why not so corner feels like the spot and we haven't seen a corner get drafted first in my lifetime and longer than my lifetime but this is the year where like i think a a corner heavy top 10 is possible I, I wanted to get your take on the offensive tackle class as well. I think yeah. that's another class where there are a lot of top-level guys, multiple guys that go in the first round, a lot of which were down at the Senior Bowl as well, Trevor Penning, Bernard Ryman, mm -hmm. all that stuff. What's your opinion on the top of this class, and where maybe is there – where does the Tier 2 start for you? See, I think it does start after the top three, and I, and I like Penning, and, and I think that – I think you can get like a five-tackle first round, and especially in like a weak class, that's reasonable at a premium position. But I do think it goes Ike McQuanu, Charles Cross, and Evan Neal as that, that, that top tier – I, you know, different opinions, different strokes for different folks. Like, if you are running the ball, you prefer a corner. If you are throwing the ball, you prefer a cross. And then in the middle somewhere is Neil. I struggle with where I land on Neil. Big is big. Big translates. Like, big is very high floor. 6'7", 360 is 6'7", 360. Doesn't matter what league you're playing in. He, he, he gets away with a lot of stuff because he's that big. You know what I mean? And I do wonder if NFL edges are going to be a lot better at, at maximizing his flaws, which are, like, small. He's still a first-round player, but, like, his feet get heavy, you know, he leans, which is 
It's very common. He's 6'7", 360. Yeah. Like, that's very common for those guys. It's just for me, he's not that clear tackle one and then a quantum and cross the afterthoughts i think right now like in terms of of developmental athleticism i really love a quantum and if i want a, a guy i can just put on the left side of the line drop back 40 times a game and forget about it charles cross man is lights out in pass protection so to me that's a conversation what's your team horizon when you're going to compete and also what do you want to do as a team yeah there's a lot of position groups in this class i feel like where the top guy at the position is going to be very much yeah. in the eye of the beholder so in your opinion, who is the prospect in this class that is the rarest for their respective position? Not to say oh. it's like the number one overall player on the board, because yeah. obviously you got to factor in some positional value, but who is the most special prospect compared to the general yeah. like, baseline at their That's position? such a good question if Kyle Hamilton were not in this class. Okay. <laughs> because the yeah. second answer, yeah. like it's like maybe Jordan Davis, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that I, could, I could see myself going that way. Malik Willis, there's an argument. At first I was like, oh, I have no idea how to answer this. Great question. Yeah. And then I remember Kyle Hamilton exists. And I was like, yay, uh, Kyle Hamilton's like a pterodactyl, man. That guy's unbelievable. I wish I could call the safety position valuable enough and teams bold enough to be like Kyle Hamilton number one overall. Yeah. Because I think if we just took all positional value and kind of like what, what it means to be a quarterback and an edge out of the conversation, Hamilton is the best player at his position, period. Uh, it is obnoxious for a player of that size to have that range and then be that physical. And like, is he the best tackler in the world? No. I don't really care. Like he's going to be able to make plays on the ball, generate fumbles and, and line up everywhere and disguise tendency. And like, all right, if he blows a couple tackles, Jesse Bates blows a couple tackles. He's playing in the Super Bowl in five days. You know what I mean? You can get it done with a ball hawker who's got this sort of range and sort of size. So Hamilton is an absolute, like, again, like he, I watch him play and I think pterodactyl, which I wasn't alive to see those guys, but that's how it feels. <laughs> One more question we for you, and then we'll let yeah. you go. But uh, maybe Kyle Hamilton is your guy, but wh who is your guy that you're kind of banging the table for in this class? Hmm. I have a soft spot for Khalil Shakir, the uh, the wide receiver out of Boise, which whenever you have like a really polished senior receiver who beat up on a group of five kids, I'm always like, don't fall for it, Ben, yeah. and then I do. Yeah. Um, so that's dangerous for me. I like Shakir quite a bit. Uh, the running back class, I think, is a lot of like, um, like pick your poison, like who do you like, who do you don't? I think Brees Hall knows what he's doing uh, at Iowa State. And yeah, I don't think the testing's gonna be amazing. And I, I acknowledge and I'm willing to accept that. I think that you've seen him against a wide variety of fronts behind an offensive line with highly variable production and, and, and talent over a couple years at Iowa State be really, really, really good. Be like the best player that they got on that team. And I, I like smart runners. I like tough runners. I like runners with contact balance. To me, that, that's that's Brees Hall. I, I love how you said uh, offensive line with highly variable production. Basically yeah. saying a bad offensive line. Listen, it, is, no, it was a very nice way that, to say that, it. That freshman <laughs> season, that offensive line was moving people. And you were yeah. like, wow, it was great. And then that offensive line got worse and Brees Hall got better. And to yeah. me, that tells me that, that that player got smart. You know what I mean? And that's really cool to see. Ben, really appreciate the time. Make sure you follow Benjamin Solak on Twitter. I think it's at Benjamin Solak. Yeah, man, we keep it simple. Perfect, here. perfect. Yeah. Here we go. But I appreciate the time. Thanks again. Yeah, no PFF at the top. <laughs> man, you missed out on an absolute gem with Brandon Marshall. I know Solak was fun and he had some good takes, but Brandon Marshall was fucking electric. Yeah, dude, Brandon Marshall is a... He's a unique dude. He invited me on his pod, the I Am Athlete pod. Did he? They only have athletes on there. It's me. I'm coming. I'm kidding. No, he fucking didn't. Come on. That would have been insane. That would have been insane. <laughs> that would have been insane. Uh, but next time, I'll, I'll DM. I'll shoot him DM if he remembers me. But it was an electric pod. Appreciate everyone following along the tailgate uh, tour, man. We were in Las Vegas, Mobile, now in Los Angeles. I think we're going to have one more podcast episode this week, a bonus episode. A little mailbag. A little mailbag action coming to you soon. Until next time, Austin Gale, Mike Renner, tailgate. Tailgate.